Hi everyone. Uh, welcome to Grad Chat by PhD Balance, where we talk about topics of grad school beyond the academic research and that may be a little bit more difficult to talk about in our day-to-day -day lives. I'm your host, Linda Corcoran, and I'm currently a research master's student at University College Cork in Ireland. If you like what you see here, make sure to check out the PhD Balance YouTube channel for more grad chats and don't forget to subscribe for notifications about when we go live. Our topic today is parenting and pregnancy in grad school and I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Alexandra. Um, thank you so much for being here. And uh, just a bit about her. She is currently a doctoral candidate in school psychology. She became a parent for the first time in 2014, two years after failing out of undergrad. And after finding out she was expecting her second child, she returned to school and has been going ever since. She is a super busy person because on top of being a parent of two, she's a research assistant and graduate assistant to the undergrad program director in her department. And she also serves as the president of school, her school psychology graduate student organization, the vice president of advocacy and sustainability for the university graduate school council. And she's the advocacy chair for her daughter's parent teacher association. Well, that is a lot. Um, Hi, hi, Alexandra. Thank you so Thanks much for having for me. being here. I'm so excited to be here. When you read it out loud, it's like, oh no, what am I doing? <laughs> that is that is a lot. Um, I guess before we start, we want to just give a little uh, content warning to everyone. We are going to be discussing uh, a lot of things around parenting and pregnancy, including pregnancy loss in this episode today. So, um, a viewer discretion is advised if that is a sensitive topic for you. Um, so to start, um, Alexandra, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, um, I mean, you gave pretty much the whole, <laughs> a lot of the big overview. Um, I'm a mom of two, they're four and six, so they're super busy. I came across school psychology as I feel like a lot of us do by pure accident. I had a graduate teaching assistant that said, you should consider this. And I did. And um, now I'm here. I, I love putting out the idea and letting people know that I did go out of college almost, ooh, I guess we're over 10 years ago now. Um, I took the time off. I started my family, went back to undergrad. Um, I got waitlisted for my master's degree. And then finished that up in a year and came into my doctoral program. Um, I love talking about that because I, I've yet to meet someone that's like, oh, I'm a failure too. So I like to just put that out into the world for anyone who is considering it and doesn't think that they belong here. Um, yeah. And you've talked about all oh, my world is my kids in school right now. So there's not too much going on outside of that. That's, that's amazing. I, it's, it's great to hear people in any stage being like, I, I failed at something and then I tried some other stuff and that is going well now. So we're happy about that. Yeah, um, every I day guess, I'm really thankful. <laughs> I guess a really important question that a lot of people will be asking when they hear everything that you do is how do you find time to balance it all or how do you manage to make sure that one does not overtake the other? Yeah, um, time. So like, I was not able to take on this much so well for a very long time. 
um, time and I have a lot of privilege. So I have a family that's very supportive. My parents are 20 minutes down the road. Um, the kids, they have a wonderful dad who's very helpful and his family is very supportive. Um, but also just found there's like a balance of how can I spend more time with my kids? Well, I can be on their PTA and be in the schools and be involved just by email. And with COVID, that became a lot easier because they were home with me and school became at my own pace to an extent. Um, but, you know, I'm in a clinical program, so I'm doing clinical work, I'm doing research. And it's, it took me until probably the end of my practicum in May to be like, oh, this is how I can schedule writing reports and doing my research projects and making sure that I'm giving time to my children on top of the kids at school that I'm worried about um, and in service to. So I think like any scientist, I learned by failure, <laughs> by trial and error and discussing with people around me, like how do we make it work? I think a lot of questions I got yesterday on the live was talking about parenting and integrating that into my life at school, still learning, but um, I have to have these really honest conversations from the jump. Like this is a part of me that you have to consider. And if that's not going to work out, we need to kind of step back and consider taking a different route. Um, so it's made me really bold and honest in that way to be able to take charge of those things. That's, that's really great. Um, that um, A, that you have that support system because that can be a struggle for a lot of people and it can be hard to find. And um, it's also great that you are able to be honest and also stand up for yourself and, you know, by default, stand up for your family as well um, in doing so. Um, because we definitely did get a lot of questions about um, how do you draw those boundaries if someone is trying to overstep them? And um, how do you make it known that this is, you know, I'm working now and then I'm finished work. Right. I mean, it's just been from the get go. If I'm offered a position um, within as a graduate assistant, it's saying, okay, well, here are the hours in which I can operate. Here are the hours in which I'm, you know, I can't do those extra weekend things um, unless my kids can come. How, and I again have privilege and I want to acknowledge the fact I'm in school psychology where I feel like that is more, it's, a lot of women and a lot of families and obviously you're with the school. So you have summers off, off. Um, I will once I'm done with school, et cetera. And I'm also working on a research team that again, surrounded by families, it's literally called the family project. So I hold like, I, I hold privilege, but I've also positioned myself really strategically to make this be a bi-directionally beneficial situation my kids get to grow up in my lab and see me do these really hard and weird things that you don't normally get to see people do live. Um, and I also get to grow as a professional simultaneously. So it's, it's working. We trip a lot, but it works. <laughs> that's, that's great. And it's, it's fantastic. Again, you have a very supportive environment and that, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Um, it probably made COVID a lot easier, which was obviously hard for a lot of people, but oh I'd imagine gosh. it was still difficult. 
I, they were like, Hey, we're shutting down the kids school. And all of a sudden it was like, Hey mom, you have to make us lunch. And I'm like, "Ah, y'all do lunch. I haven't done Monday through Friday. Someone else is making me lunch. I just, I take lunch at four. So it wasn't, that was interesting. That's a whole, that's a whole other grad chat, honestly. Yeah, I, I can imagine there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot in that. And for, for everyone, COVID has flipped the script on so many things. But when you have add kids on on top of that and homeschooling and all of that, that is uh, a whole other story. Yeah, well, we I, don't need to go there. <laughs> We can't go, we can't talk about homeschooling. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I guess um, to reel it back a bit, um, starting you you said um, I guess in your intro post and everything like that that you were pregnant during your undergrad and then you went into grad school already being a parent. So that must have been an adjustment in itself because, you know, moving from undergrad to graduate school is an adjustment for everyone <laughs> it's, without anything. <laughs> yeah, it really, and it was research. So my master's program was research heavy. And all of a sudden you go from casually reading a few chapters a week to reading at least 18 to 20 hours a week, whether that's articles, writing, et cetera. Um, and all of a sudden I didn't have that extra, oh, I can just cut out early and go see my kids and pick them up early is those became my study hours. So it was a huge adjustment for them. Um, and it really, it, it took a while for me to find how can I, how can I be with them and get done when I need to get done. And I think a lot of parents struggle with this. You have to just say, I'm not the Pinterest blogger, Instagram, perfect mom that we just see, so, and we're bombarded with as parents so often. I have to be the mom sometimes that like I'm reading and either you're reading or you're on your iPad, but we're together. I can pause. I can, you know, be involved with you um, while I'm still trying to get done when I'm getting done. So it just had to look different. That's, that's great because we did, we did get questions about dealing with the guilt of even people that aren't parents yet and they can already imagine that it's gonna be a situation but definitely I think for parents and with this Instagram perfect family sort of thing it it brings a whole other pressure um that I don't think it's it's another imposter syndrome it's a different type (laughs) it's a whole new type and the guilt doesn't go away it morphs it changes but Ultimately, I've decided, okay, this degree is going to get me to a place where I'm at least loving what I do for the 40 hours a week. I have to leave my kids anyways to provide for them. So if we're going to be out of the house and away from them, and they have to be in school 40 hours anyways, I rather be doing something I'm passionate about and like having them see me. I grew up with a dad. He's been in his job for 35 years. He loves what he does. And I seeing him love what he did. I'm like, it makes sense that you're okay to go do that while I'm at school or whatever, or you have to leave on weekends sometimes. Like that makes sense to me. And so I think that's what this degree is going to do. It's going to give me something that I'm passionate about if I have to be away from my kids anyways. That's, that's fantastic. 
And it's it's great that I know you said it it, it comes with time, but that you have such um, I guess cohesiveness in your thoughts around it. <laughs> and and that took time. <laughs> that took time. I mean, I think it's it's um everything takes time and everyone yeah. is going into everything. <laughs> not knowing what is what is happening and um I guess a good question to follow this up is do you feel that parenting has completely changed the way that you work in grad school I know you went into grad school with kids but the way that you work uh, does it differ from the regular grad experience (laughs) yeah I think graduate students in my experience I know we don't like to be labeled or boxed and we shouldn't box people, but we are a different 1% breed that loves to be very on it. It's a hundred percent or it's not good enough. Um, and parenting, I feel that about parenting. It's like a hundred percent or it's not good enough. And so for me, it's like, well, if I'm going to be away from them, I have to justify that. So my time away from them, I'm grinding, I'm getting my stuff done. I'm ensuring that if I have to step away, it's because I had to step away. Um, and to me, that's that's what kind of gives me the fortitude to keep going is like, I get what I need to get done in the time I give myself. And I never try to step over that line of like, if I have to take away from my kids, it has to be a good reason. Um, so I feel like as a grad student, again, it really gave me those boundaries that do not naturally come to us with those power differences and with our supervisors, because I could not make an 8 PM meeting. I'm reading a bedtime story, you know, um, I'll do a 9 PM if you want to stretch it, but 8 PM is my, that's my bedtime with them. Um, so it really, to me changed and allowed me to put those boundaries in place because that mama bear comes out. It's like, don't step on the kids. You can step on me. I, that's fine, but don't step on my kids' time. And I think that's, it's made me a better graduate student because I've got to get done what I get done. It's not going to get done later. That's, that's great because boundaries can definitely be, definitely be a big problem for a lot of people. And unfortunately, it's not our boundary problem. It's, the academic institution's boundary problem, right? It's the supervisors. And I think that's where maybe some of that guilt on our end comes, but my kids literally make it to where it's like, you can't push this boundary. And unfortunately, unfortunately, other students don't have things like Title IX, but I, in some ways do have like Title IX, I can always fall back on if, and it's never been that extreme, but if necessary, there are federal regulations that say like, you can't step on me for being a mom. Yeah, and um, do you mentioned that your department is is great around everything, and you have loads of support? But I guess is there any specific systems that are in place to support parents in grad school, or are there ones that you would like there to be? <laughs> so many! Oh my goodness. Um, there's, I get chills thinking about it specifically because in Texas, you know, we just passed the most restrictive abortion bill that you can hear of um, with the heartbeat bill. I'm going to try not to cry about it, but um, thinking about like just how little protection we have in my state 
and then you think about at the university level, so you're here and then you come down, there's no paid maternity leave. There's no guarantee. I've heard stories, even at my women's serving institution in North Texas, of graduate students answering emails to their student, their undergrads while they're giving birth, like they're in the hospital, but they don't have protections. And Title IX only covers you until your six week well appointment after you give birth. So as soon as your child is six weeks, you're no longer like your pregnancy is not protected by Title IX. Um, and my grad, like graduate assistantships are not protected. There are, I almost failed a class in undergrad because my kids had teething fevers. And for parents out there, you know, they're like 100.1, but the kids are fine. But that means they can't go to school. And that means I can't go to school. And that's an absence. And too many absences, that's a fail. And there's no policy at my institution. And I'm just going to be assumptive by the fact if I'm a women's serving institution, I'm at a women's serving institution, we don't have those protections. There's no telling that there's obviously probably not protections for students elsewhere. Um, but to my knowledge, I haven't found beyond like random Facebook groups that there's support or advocacy for legislative or um, university-wide change support and advocacy for those sorts of supports. But if I was the queen of the world, that's what I would put in. I would put in supports that say, and not just mothers, like parents in general, anyone who is the primary caretaker of a minor child should have the protections of if I can't make it to class because of affordability of childcare, which is like a second mortgage, um, or my child is sick, or just something falls through, like your mom is supposed to watch them and they fall sick, you're not punished. You're not going to be seen as less than, you're not being unprofessional. Um, and then secondly, leave. Like, like you mentioned, pregnancy loss leave. That happens in one in three women. One in three women and we don't give them the time to grieve. We expect them to go do comps the next day. Um, and same for the father in the situation or partner in that situation. Like we just expect them to keep going. Um, or any kind of pregnancy related illness, it's just not, you're covered to the extent of Title IX, but that doesn't mean you get to come back and you're safe. Yeah, that's- um, Sorry, I just ranted. No, no. Uh, it's a problem and they're it's all, scary. They're very important issues. And I, I'm lucky enough to live in a country where we do have paid maternity leave um there is some paid parental leave in general and even as a grad student you are entitled to it um but that even in countries where there is these where there are these protections you still hear of grad students being expected to come to group meetings when they're off and that is that's not acceptable if you are on leave you are on leave mm-hmm and that's um, an issue across academia in general. I think that leads into even like faculty level. I don't think, you know, we're alone in that. Um, it's really, it's hard to see as a parent and watch even my faculty when they set boundaries. Like I've seen them have like poor action against them for things. So it's like, obviously I wouldn't be safe either. Yeah. 
it's um it's it's very complicated and this is why we like to do grad chat we like to give a vo give a voice and give any sort of time that we can to these uncomfortable situations that academia likes to pretend doesn't exist and i guess um one a uh, slightly uncomfortable situation or slightly uncomfortable conversation that people may or may not want to listen to is, um, I guess, the story of your pregnancy loss in grad school. So if this is something yeah. that is triggering for you, you may want to um, log off at the moment. Yeah, so um, we, I got pregnant and I was in the middle of practicum um, and I, I've had this would be my third and I was sick. I've never been, I could not drive. I was coming, if I did feel good enough to drive to go to work, I was coming home at like three and I was done for the day. I couldn't, I was in bed, as bedridden, as close to bedridden as I think I possibly could have been. Um, and I had to have these conversations with my PI. And I, again, I'm so thankful because she, she was like, oh my gosh, let's get, She's like, let's figure out how to get a pack and play in there. This is the family project. Like, let's just take that on. And I had, you know, I had to talk with my supervisor, like, hey, I'm testing kids. I literally might get sick in front of a kid. And I need you to know why they might come running to their teachers saying, Miss Allie got sick. Um, and she was incredibly supportive. However, I will say there are some people that take that as, well, you now can't do X, Y, Z. So there were some people that were like, well, you're benched from certain opportunities or like, you wouldn't want that. Um, you're like, you don't want to do this. And of course I was so sick that I'm like, no, but that's not for you to decide for me. I think a lot of pregnant women decisions are made for them. Um, the government makes decisions for you and your healthcare provider obviously makes some decisions for you. And the person growing inside of you is controlling all of it. And you just kind of feel not yourself to begin with. Um, and when I lost my child, you know, I didn't know how to cope with it. I, we started the spring semester and I was starting my clinical comprehensive exams. And it was like, okay, we're just going to put that on the shelf. And I'm just going to, I guess, do this thing. Um, and there was just, it took a friend of mine to say like, have you thought of therapy? Cause it's like, no, even the one, and I had a very supportive professor who she was always checking in on me, et cetera. But at the end of the day, she still, they still expected me to perform. I was still expected to show up, to have things completed, to remember to email people back. And it's like that, um, you don't talk about that. I wasn't showing, it wasn't like this thing where everyone's like, oh, it's how I feel like we talk about mental illness, we don't. And even though there's grieving in mental illness and there's grieving and loss of like this life you thought of, no one acknowledges it. Um, and again, in graduate school, one, one in three women are experiencing this. So one in three of the women populace of graduate students are experiencing these things. And there's no time to grieve because if you step away, um, you're seen as like, well, onto the next person who will step up and you're at the bottom again. And then you have to 
work your way up to being someone who gets those opportunities. Um, but again, I had really good conversations. I think for those of you who are thinking about getting pregnant or you are pregnant and you're like, how do I talk to these people about this? Uh, the way I took it was I had a plan. I made a plan for my family. You know, we have a nine month timeline. This is how I see it going. I talked to my supervisor and when I came to her, I was like, I already have contingency plans. I already like, this is either how I see leave happening and, or this is who I already know within my program that can step into my role. I can start training them at your ready. I didn't have to do those things. Thankfully, she was like, no, we are going to flex for you. But I think you just need to take the time to plan because you, you do have like that time. You have that due date that you get to work towards and see like, what do you feel capable of? And then also add a month or two worth of cushion because you're not sleeping. It's not the same as graduate school. We're not sleeping. No, like you're having a screaming person that you have to take care of. It's not quiet study time. Um, and just prioritize you prioritize you, you, you. That's all I can really say about that. That's, yeah, it's very important. And again, fantastic that you did have that support, but it is, there is this unwillingness in academia in general to redefine expectations when things are going wrong. And it is something that definitely needs to change. And yeah. that is... Uh, a horrible experience that obviously even though we know a lot of people go through loss and the grief that comes with it something that we definitely don't talk about and uh, you said that you went to or your, a friend suggested you you go to therapy did yes. did that help oh my god yes um I will, not just because I'm a mental health prof professional, I say this as someone in therapy, I am still, I see my therapist every other Friday, go to therapy for anything. Even if you think you're doing great, you're the best you. You, it is amazing how having someone who is a trained professional and has that third eye on things um, to talk to and to problem solve with, with zero judgment, and zero, like they're not going to go run and tell anybody. It is just, it's a safe environment. And most universities offer those opportunities for free. So I got eight sessions through my university for free per semester. So it's not like you're done in spring. Like, no, you just have to wait till summer. If you're taking classes, you get more sessions. So if you're feeling like you need, you're just stuck for any reason, go to therapy. And again, not as a mental health professional, as someone in therapy, that's my number one suggestion for anyone living, <laughs> but especially living in grad school, we need it. We, and we deserve that time for ourselves. That's, that's fantastic. Definitely also echo that. Go, go to therapy. Just go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big help. And, um, honestly, um, You've, you've said so many things that we could talk about for an individual grad chat themselves. <laughs> no, it's great that we, that we get to talk about all this stuff, even if we're not talking about it in, in, in depth or, um, you know, we can totally come back to it another time as well. But yeah. I guess one of the questions um, people get is how do you, 
how has being in grad school impacted your identity as a, as, as a mother, but also how has, um, how do you, how do you make sure that, that you are being the best you for your kids as well? Yeah. Um, it, so my, I feel like it's separated from me for a little bit when I entered graduate school, I, there's a few people in my program who have kids, but they're older than me, like they're further along. So I didn't have like that active learning in the classroom with them to explore and to talk about it. So it almost felt like I would go to school and I was Allie, the school psych student. And then I would come home and I was Allie, the mom. And it was such a weird thing because you make this person, they're literally everything to you, but school there was, I didn't know where to put them in. I go to school 30 minutes away from here. So it's like, they're not going up there with me. Um, and I, I kind of shut that off a little bit. And I think it was really painful for me. I'm imagining they felt it too. Um, because I was like, well, I have to do this thing and I have to be this person because this is what an academic looks like. This is what a school psych looked like. I had zero template for what a parent looked like to be all of these things. And I still don't, like, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think I, I started to develop that slowly, but surely by saying, no, I'm bringing my kids to this function. No, my kids are gonna be with me if we're doing this outside of classwork thing, um, like volunteer work, et cetera. And I think COVID really helped that mesh. My kids are, on their way to earning their doctorate because they did a year and a half at Zoom University learning about psychometrics and social emotional, you know, assessment. Um, I, I literally sat in this chair and my, my three-year-old was here. My five-year-old was here. That's what they were at the time. And, you know, there was nothing, my professors, not that they would do anything, but they couldn't do anything, but let me be a mom in class. Um, and it, I think, I know COVID was horrible for so many people, but for me, it was so like, I finally have congruency. I finally am whole and they, I finally know how to fit them in. Like last night we had a school psych meeting. We finally all got together at a park for the first time in a year and a half. And my kids were there and it was like, we're going to go along with what the kids want to do. And it was such like a, I've made it. I finally, I finally know how to figure this out or at least wobble my way into it. Um, and I have to say it's like the best thing for my mental health. And I think for my children, for that congruency to happen. Um, but it took so much time because in my head, what I had to be was this stone cold killer in the classroom. Right. And that, that is in no way who I am as a parent. I'm like, they're licking the walls again. I'm like, are they happy though? (laughs) Are you at least happy? Um, but I'm not that person in my academic life. So it's softened me, I think in front of my peers and in front of my professors, it's made me human. And I think it's also given my kids that template of like, oh, mommy works and we're so proud of her. And she's so proud of us. Like we're, we're growing, we're literally growing up together. It's been, it's been hard and it's been really fun. That's, that's so great. Um, it's, it's really, really great. And I guess one really important thing is, unfortunately, academia does expect us 
to be this stone. It, it's changing a little bit, like very, yeah. very small bit, but it, it's kind of more about people throwing it away and being like, I'm not doing this anymore rather than academia accepting it. But like how, what advice would you have for people? Um, obviously you went in with, with kids for people who were in your situation for how they can try and judge what a PI is going to be like. Oh man, I'm, huh, I'm a big fan of attribution bias. If you're going to attribute someone, something to someone, you're probably wrong already. So it's really hard to say like, how to judge someone because to me, how they react is such like a character thing. Like how willing are you to be flexible to another human living a human experience? That's a character thing. And you don't necessarily get to choose someone based off of their character for grad school. You kind of have to choose based off of their research and their experience. Um, but I think if you're the best way to maybe create a, let's use the word hypothesis here, um, bring up the idea of kids you know, not about you. Don't make it about you. Like bring up like, Hey, have you ever worked with somebody? Like I have a friend that's going through this. What would you say to them? Um, and just making it purely hypothetical and to start gauging their reaction. Um, and I honestly think, you know, supervisors are going to be who they are. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to be happy for you. And you ultimately need to say, are, am I really going to plan my family around a person who's not in my family? Am I going to plan my family around someone who's going to be here for three more years of my life? And then all they are is a footnote on who I'm going to become in this profession. Um, that's like, if you have a bad supervisor, like literally there's, they're going to be a footnote. And if you have a really good one, maybe they'll continue that journey with you. But I think ultimately you have to think, I think grad students are really good thinking long-term or else we wouldn't stay in a pr program for like 10 years. Um, but I think you have to think even longer term when you're family planning, because my kids are going to be here beyond this. We're going to grow together beyond this. They're going to be the ones I'm going on vacation with. They're going to be the ones at my house celebrating what I accomplished with my doctorate. My supervisor probably won't be there she probably won't know the intricacies of what I went through, but my family does. So I think you, you and whoever you're deciding to make a family with, whether that's your friends, your partner, like my friends are my family. Um, you know, talk about and just go back and forth of what might that look like and who's going to support you and be on this train with you. And there's never a good time. Kids will ensure there's never the right time for you. Um, like I'm waiting for them to bust through that door at any minute, but um, it's, there's, if that is what you want, and I think that's a whole other conversation of whether you want this or not, if this is already, you're already like, yes, this is the train I want to follow. Um, think longer than the 10 years you're in grad school. It's going, babies are going to be painful either way. You have to get them out in the world and then you have to help them survive in the world. Um, do you want to do that now? Or do you want to wait until you've checked everything off your list um, in 10 or 15 years? You know, it's completely, it's completely personal, but that's how I see it. I see it as like, well, that's why I thought about my third child that I actually lost, but I was like, you know what? I'm almost 30. I want to do this now. I don't want to wait till I'm graduated at 35 
and then my kids are 10 years apart. I just, I want to do this now. And I talked to people and it came to the point where it's like, okay, we are all going to do this now. Um, and yeah, I wish I had more. I wish there was a golden key and there's not. That's all my thoughts on it though. Good luck. And you know, you best. No, I think that that's great advice because when it comes to any situation, there is no one right answer around what you do. Right. And yeah, so that can be very, it can be difficult to hear that when you want the answer, but mm -hmm. you have um, one life, live it, you know? Absolutely. And um, while I would love to stay talking to you forever, because this is a very, Thank very you. important conversation, um, I think we are nearly out of time. So is there anything that you would like to bring up or say before we end? Um, you know, I will say that I am trying to find a way to bring parents together and figure out how to do this grad school thing. So I can't say it's going to be anytime soon, but follow me if you meet on Instagram. I think y'all posted my Instagram post. Uh, I would love to continue this conversation and I'm, tr I'm trying to make a community for it. So give me about three more months, anybody who wants that, and I'll be able to hopefully provide that. Um, and also it's your journey, know your rights, you know, know what you're capable of, um, and go, go get the dream life you want. And if that's kids make it happen. If anyone's not going to cheer you on, I will love to be a hype girl. And just thank you. Thank you for this platform to PhD balance and Linda, thank you for joining me and letting me be here today. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. It It's amazing. And um, well, not all of it is amazing, obviously. Some it's parts are not good. Yeah, it's, it's an important story to share and it's topics that we need to talk more about in academia, in grad school, in general. So um, this has been Grad Chat by PhD Balance. If you liked what you see here, um, or listened to, um, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can check out more there. Um, so we go live every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. And until next time, 